Welcome to Tackless Radio. the plane you flew in on, fuck them shoes, fuck those socks with the bell on it, fuck your gay ass fairy faggot accent, fuck them cheap ass cigars, fuck your yuck mouth teeth, fuck your hairpiece, fuck your chocolate, fuck Guy Ritchie, fuck Prince William, fuck the queen, this is America, my president is black and my Lambo is blue nigga, now get the fuck out my hotel room, and if I see you in the street I'm slapping the shit out of you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between to another episode of Tackless Radio. I know, I know, it has been a while. We will talk about that later. But for now, I want to go ahead and just hop right into Shit I Saw, where I peruse the interwebs and find some of the craziest shit that y'all like to put out there and share with us. So we're heading over to Twitter. Which, by the way, this whole TikTok ban thing that is going on and happening, crazy shit. But we will talk about that at another time. But we're going to go ahead and head on over to Twitter, where Coco Cure, with the handle Coco Doe, that is C-O-C-O-A-D-O-E, tweeted, The thing I love about Black American Twitter is that normally we drag the shit out of this country but the moment in it twitter comes for us we defend it fiercely hence crazy ridiculous riley at the beginning of this episode because i feel that that cultural piece is the best way to summarize the conversations that i have seen on tiktok on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, where we have so many conversations between Africans and Black Americans and Black Brits. That's when I had to say to myself, nuance is crazy. Now, I completely understand that Riley probably offended most. I apologize. But I am a huge Aaron Magruder fan. And Riley summed this fucking tweet up in the best way possible. (laughs) So here's the thing. A little story time. I did not have diverse groups around me until I was a teenager. Then that's when I started having classes with Latinos. I started having friends who were African, not just necessarily African-American. I started friendships with white people. I started to kind of diversify myself when I was around 13. Um, Up until then, black, black, blackity, black, black, black. But around 13, I started to enter spaces where my friendships and my friend circle started to diversify. And one of the things that I quickly, (laughs) quickly learned is that you do not make an assumption of what you think 
a Latino person is. You are not just walking up to someone who may look Latino and just be like, hey, you're Mexican, right? Because I learned very early and very quickly that you just don't assume, you ask. And in my opinion, you avoid it all. You avoid it all together. Because to call a Puerto Rican a Mexican or to call a Mexican a Puerto Rican, it was like World War III, baby, in that dressing room. And boy, you just learn to just say, you know what? I'm just going to address you by your name. All those other identifiers, who cares? Who cares? Who fucking cares? And you just leave it at that. The hell that it's all rice and all beans just with different seasonings. Everybody from a Hispanic country or a Latino country, the Caribbean even can be counted into this conversation, that they have so many nuances to culture, to ethnicity, and to race that you do not just call them a sweeping generalization the way that if you saw an Asian person, you wouldn't just generalize them as being Chinese. You wouldn't just generalize that they are Ghanaian. And what I found to be very interesting about this Black Brit versus Black American conversation is that this is a new space to be in for me in particular because I'm old enough to remember when social media didn't exist right my black ass experience was a black american experience and you just have the media and what you see in the news to go off of what quote-unquote africans are like or what black people in europe are like or what black people in australia are like because technology wasn't as advanced at that time so what was fed to you was very intentional because the media wanted to show you a narrative and feed that shit to you. And if you don't know any better, you don't know any better. And I can definitely say in this conversation that where Black Americans can hold themselves accountable and apologize is for the African booty scratcher and the way that we would treat certain Black children and individuals in our spaces and in our groups because they weren't quote-unquote American or they just did not understand black American culture I believe I've had conversations with Africans who would say that they tried so hard to like learn rap lyrics and buy the clothing to fit in because we were very rude I believe xenophobic is the word <laughs> and was saying some wild shit that we definitely can hold ourselves accountable for. The same way I have been in spaces with Africans where they cannot believe that I am African American because I am so articulate, because I am educated, because I hold myself with such an air. They're like, no, girl. Where your people from, for real, for real? I'm like, my people from technically Montezuma, Georgia. Uh, bless your heart, you don't know where you from. And then we have the boom of social media where we are now introduced 
to the authenticity of all of the Black diaspora, where we did not have access to that before. I still believe that the media is controlling the consumption of what we can and cannot see. But to see the beautiful, lush, rich-ass Africa, the stuff they don't show you on the TVs here in America, that's why so many Americans actually got the fuck up and left. They were like, baby, we finna invest. We going home. <laughs> we going home. The same way that so many black Brits who also themselves deal with racism and microaggressions can see how their brothers and sisters in America also deal with racism and microaggressions. And we are one and the same. The beauty of social media is that we can see the authenticity of everyone's cultures in real time, hand in hand. So what's so interesting is with the beauty of conversations and dialogues and people coming together to think through things and to have openness is that on the other side of that coin is some ignorant ass shit and that's where this tweet comes in <laughs> because as I learned that you are not supposed to generalize people and just assume where they're from by how they look I'm not gonna lie I would then hear the Puerto Rican girls say sweeping generalizations about the Mexican girls the same way I would hear the Mexican girls say sweeping generalizations about the Puerto Rican girls and in my mind I'm like I don't see the difference I don't see why y'all can't just stand together everything is so similar <laughs> to a certain extent right I guess what I'm coming to realize is that when you have contact with your diaspora members, nuance becomes a talking point and you really start to see differences or you actually get to have those conversations and you then realize, wow, those people have sweeping generalizations about us. For instance, like I saw this TikTok of this beautiful black girl but she's British so she's a black Brit and she's like talking shit about black Americans she's like they're so dumb they're so unintelligent they don't even know like the actual world clock or like they don't understand military time yada 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 of course it's TikTok so a stitch comes in and a black American girl says girl shut up because everybody has a independence day from y'all and anywho you can pick how you want to tell the time when you won the war <laughs> and that's where I have to say to myself like damn do people who look like us but just on the other side really think that we are unintelligent and violent and are just low down and baby mamas and drug dealers like what they show in the media and I guess the answer is yes because until the boom of social media what were they going off of some ignorant ass narratives that the media pushed so now we have to kind of do some work to detach ourselves from the stereotypes that were fed to us and really get to know one another I think that's really where we're at with everything right now 
To be honest, I haven't seen too many Black American first throw of the stone commentary, the way that I see them responding to Africans and Black Europeans calling us out of our names. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. I think social media is a beautiful thing and it's really going to allow us to continue to have these conversations to get to know one another Um, because it is so sad and to the side funny to me at least that when black Europeans start talking shit about black Americans and the fact that we don't know where we're from and we're lost because we don't know where we're from I'm just kind of like Is the transatlantic slave trade not taught like over there where they also had they ancestors imported? Like that's what be so crazy to me is that they say that we don't know who we are because we don't know where we're from as if this big global thing that affected the world didn't happen. But what's also really crazy is that sometimes our black brothers and sisters in the Caribbean join in on this conversation and say, yes, black Americans are lost because they don't know where they come from. And the retort that I normally see black Americans say is, baby, y'all was just one or two stops before we got to America. You all are in the same position. You are not necessarily Jamaican. You are not necessarily Dominican. You're not necessarily Puerto Rican. You're not like, that's what I want people to understand. Is like, that's where I say we're all in this together because it affected all of our ancestors in one way or another. But when black Americans say to black Caribbeans, to black Europeans and to Africans that, Oh, baby, I know where I'm from. I'm from, my people are from Montezuma, Georgia. They're like, no, no, where were you before that, before that? Now the gag is, I know where I come before that. My people are from Cameroon, the Tikar tribe specifically that I do know. But when I tell people like majority of my family is in Chicago, And if we want to get down to the nitty gritty, I can go as far back to know that my people are from Georgia. What else do you want from me? Because at the end of the day, I'm American still. Y'all don't do that. And like the commentary from the other side is that a lot of people don't have that same vitriol and fierceness and directiveness towards people in the Caribbean because they also in the same boat nobody looks at a Jamaican and they're like hey hey girl where you from and they're like I'm from Jamaica no where you really from you're not from Jamaica you were brought over there history where you really from they're like no bitch I'm Jamaican like a Jamaican would punch you in your fucking face if you told them they were not Jamaican so why do you all continuously tell black Americans that we are not American because we don't know where we come from due to history I am more American than the fucking white people who are here. (laughs) And I have more claim to this land than the fucking white people here. 
it don't get no more American than me, baby. So I just want beans on the toast Twitter, you know, to be nice, play nice, because nuance in the diaspora is a beautiful thing. We are able to see our brothers and sisters from all over the world. And it has been a beautiful community that we have been able to grow together because we now know that we are facing similar experiences of racism, which is a global phenomenon. And we can help one another. We can spread awareness. We can be a voice when someone else's country is trying to stop it. And that's fucking America right now and really hold each other down. And I want us to continue doing that. I know the side jokes, the ha ha he he's, those are real cute. I'm not gonna lie, I've chuckled or two. Let's just not lose focus from what we are genuinely trying to do. And that's get our fucking freedom back. And now it is time for Song of the Week. Gee, I'm mind blown. Because first off, this is a Abbott Elementary stan account. Shout out to Quinta. Shout out to my mama Cheryl. Shout out to Tyler and Jessie. And then Vic Staples. And then like... Amazing cast, amazing writing. I'm technically an educator. My mother is an educator. Such relatable content. I fucking love that show. I also love Tariq's dumbass, especially when they're on that field trip. And he was like, I move, you move just like that. I died laughing because my mom does that in her fucking classrooms <laughs> because call and response is a really good way to get fucking five-year-olds to pay attention to you. When they hear something, they have to respond in a way. It's a really good way to reel in their fucking attention span, which is like a goldfish. I learned that tactic from my mom. I do it with adults. Works just perfectly. So when and my mom, so my mom would say the same thing. And when Tariq said it, I was like, this motherfucker, I absolutely love his character. He is shitty for Janine. But as a character, oh my God, I absolutely love him. I was gut laughing when he said, you know, I support women, you know, because I'm a feminist. That's why I let you pay for everything. Tears. So when I realized Mr. Abaddon, Abaddon, Abbott, that booty fat, I'ma grab it, was an actual rapper that blew my fucking mind. Zach Fox, what the fuck, bro? Like, I did not know that that was you. But oh my God, I am so happy that I found that out. And of course, I was like putting some of his songs in my group chat with my sisters. And my younger sister reminds me every fucking day that I am a millennial that is getting older because she was like, oh, you just found that out? Motherfucker, I'm, I have a job, okay? I can't keep up 
with all of the cool hot shit I would have rathered she helped me instead of shame me but you can't reason with the younger crowd you just can't but that's fine she'll be 30 soon she'll be fucking 30 soon and then she'll see she'll see so song of the week sipping my tea Zach Fox on shake in tandem smoking on strong hit hard like gannon weight of my words make jaws take damage i was just seeing what's cracking on candler now bitch see me on tv channels nigga think i ain't got my heat i reach my pit like molly shannon beating down the block leash shit dismantle call the bitch gap band pussy outstanding ass so fat left a nigga in shambles crying in the club like shawty from scandal pop shit off it my niggas some brolic scholars making examples all my friends unstable zach fox look like fred hammond big old bag on me little bitch need something i told her say la vie i'm so high can't see i'm fresh as fuck it ain't a stain on me and now it is time for your tactless take of the week i first want to say happy new year everyone and i know everybody is like happy new year or at least for those who do not know who are not understanding of it all the new year happened march 21st by the way that is my sister's birthday happy birthday Sid! which she's such a fucking flower child so of course the first day of spring which is the new year would be on her birthday of course of fucking course but for those who do not understand the new year is when we officially change over in seasons so we are now out of winter we are officially in spring and things are blooming and they're becoming alive and we're getting warmer and the days are getting longer and we're getting some more vitamin d and we're becoming happier and that is where you see life begin when y'all be making them raggedy ass resolutions in the dead of winter in January that's why your resolutions don't never fucking work out for instance raise your hand if you are still committed and doing your new year's resolutions that you set. exactly 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 now here's the thing if you made those same resolutions this past Tuesday I promise you you'll probably keep them. It'll probably become a habit for you or you'll kick the habit or you'll change your ways. You have a way better shot at being a better person and those resolutions sticking if you do it at the turn of the season from winter to spring instead of the fucking dead winter of January. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, anywho, so happy new year. So for this tactless take, I just want to speak to me. And if this resonates with someone else, then I definitely want you all to take this in. But you gotta give yourself some grace. I've been gone for a while because the energy that I had left, I needed to use to save myself. 
And I had to cancel some things. I had to ask for extended deadlines. I had to reschedule meetings and just make some space for me. And I felt bad needing to do so, but it got to a point where, and that goddamn Scorpio moon knows how to get me, but it just got to a point where like, unless I set my ass down and actually asked for help, I was going to completely lose myself. So it was basically like nothing else I could do. There was no other way. And I just had to ride through that experience. Um, I had to ask for help. I had to be vulnerable. I had to open up. I had to admit some wrongs. And it was, it's been a very difficult time for me since the top of the year, since January 1st. Like I finally feel like there's not a fucking boulder on my chest. There's still things going on and issues behind the scenes that I'm trying to get worked out and figured out, but my spirit overall feels healthier. So, and I don't think I would have gotten here if I didn't give myself grace and just allowed myself to be vulnerable and to be open and to say that I'm having a really hard time right now, which, uh, is something that is so difficult for me to do. I've had to self-soothe since I was a child because like who the fuck was coming to help me? But now I'm getting a lot better about asking for help and just knowing that like, I'm not gonna always have it all together. So if I need to reschedule, go ahead and reschedule. If some people are disappointed, they gonna be disappointed. If some people feel let down, they gonna feel let down. But what I can't continue doing is fucking up my nervous system, trying to appease everybody else, trying to hold these unrealistic standards up, trying to put on a fucking show so everybody else feels good. Like I can't do that for you motherfuckers while I'm running on zero. I just had to, I, I cleaned my fucking spaces, mopped my floors with Florida water. If you know, you know, burned a little something, something, wrote my shit down and just really brought in the new year with clarity and new intentions to really get myself to the place that I know I am going to be in the place that I know that I deserve to be. So grace is a good thing and it's hard to give yourself. I, it, that's the thing. It is Grace is one of those difficult presents to give yourself. But when you're able to give it to yourself, man, it is life altering. Like it's easy to give yourself confidence. No, I wouldn't say easy. Like you regularly give yourself the gift of confidence or you regularly can give yourself the gift of self-love and self-care, or you can gift yourself boundaries. You can gift yourself with just like going no contact and having peace. But 
to give yourself grace, that's a tricky one to give, in my opinion. So find ways to give yourself more grace and please learn to stop beating yourself up because you are holding yourself to these unrealistic metrics and these unrealistic standards that at the end of the day, they don't mean shit. Shit.